that um he is our rainbow baby and the whole reason I am saying that is because we had hired a doula for the baby that we lost and we had paid her already in full so after we lost him I sent her a message and said you know if we have another baby we would like to have you be our doula and hopefully you know just that she would hold our spot because we had paid her like I didn't ask for a refund you know what I mean so she said sure I'll hold your spot you don't have to you know pay me again or anything so when we reached out to her again when we got pregnant with Luca she was like yeah I'm in you know like I have that month available it was totally fine we set up all of our meetings with her she you know seemed very involved and then when the time came she just totally like disappeared off the face of the planet she blocked my phone number she blocked me on facebook um, instagram she closed out her email like this girl i want to know how many people she ran scams on <laughs> so that that's my doula story she took advantage of a woman who lost a child in a very difficult way not that losing a child in any way is not difficult it's just our particular case was very very hard um which i guess at some point if we wanted to have that be a story i could tell it but it's very triggering and upsetting and I don't know. Yeah, but it would be well, comfortable. I, I would be comfortable telling it, but I don't know that our listeners, <laughs> listeners would definitely want yeah. would really want to listen to something that depressing. <laughs> um anyways, so <laughs> uh, I was laboring for I had something called prodormal labor. So I was laboring for about four days where I would have Yikes. like pretty consistent contractions every, it would, it would range between like every five to 10 minutes, like in between each contraction for like a couple of days. So I kind of knew it was happening. <laughs> And, like, they would mm-hmm. they would kind of go away a little bit at night, but they would, like, wake me up occasionally. So, I knew, I knew it was happening, so we kind of, like, got everything ready, and I, like, blew up the, the ball so I could, like, sit on it, and we, like, had our bags packed, and our friend that was going to watch our dogs, we let her know what was going on, and all that fun stuff. And I think on the 10th, which was the day before I had him, um, I, mean, I can't even remember what day of the week that was. Is it a Saturday or was it a Sunday? I'm going to look. 
I think it's a Saturday because I think Freya's born on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see. The tenth was a Sunday last year. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> she's born on Thursday. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. So on the tenth, which was a Sunday, I felt like things were like progressing like my contractions were like closer together all that stuff so like I let our doula know who responded and you know I was like oh yay let me know when you go to the hospital and I'll meet you there and um so I just like spent the whole day basically like tracking contractions and on that day also um my really good friend that I've known since um third grade had her wedding dress shopping day so like I was at David's bridal with my best friend (laughs) while she was trying on her wedding dresses (laughs) and like and like like, tracking contractions (laughs) like well because I'm a maid of honor so like I have to be there and I I told her I was like look I will come to this but I might have to leave (laughs) so I rolled up into the David's bridal like you know basically in labor (laughs) and sat sat, sat there like like, (laughs) cheered her on while she tried on all the dresses it was was fun (laughs) that's awesome uh, and uh, I think my husband worked that day but it was in the morning so like he came home he was home before me because I was out with her trying on dresses until like late afternoon but I came home and things were still kind of the same like it wasn't getting worse but they were they were like between like two and five minutes apart from each other at that point and I I think it was like around 11 o'clock at night I told my duo that we were going to go in because they were like getting stronger so she actually like met us at the hospital like she did show up yeah and I was at like oh, wow uh it was probably like 11 30 that she got there and they had checked me and I was only at like two centimeters dilated which is just uh, Mm -hmm. when they told me that I was so like disappointed (laughs) because I had wanted to labor at home for as long as possible like I did not want to be at the hospital until I absolutely had to be there because I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of hospitals at all (laughs) I just I don't I don't like them (laughs) so we sat there for quite a while and they had actually, they were, they were like somewhat concerned because my blood pressure was raised like pretty significantly, but I didn't have any protein in my urine. So they, they, it wasn't preeclampsia. It was mostly probably just because I had insane PTSD from our loss. And Mm -hmm. I was so terrified the entire time that we were going to lose him. Like it, I I did not picture myself having a healthy baby until he was in my arms. <laughs> like the entire be so the entire pregnancy I was so terrified that we were going to lose him. That like the it was just going to be like 
yeah, I, I carried him, but then like what it, he he might die. So like I wasn't allowing myself that attachment like the entire time. So it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they like held me there for a little while because they wanted to check for preeclampsia, which I didn't have. And then um, we kind of decided like while while our doula was there that we would probably go back home. For a little while since I was only at two centimeters so she left she left the hospital and was like I'll come back you know and you guys just keep in touch with me and I'll come back which now looking back was interesting because when we hired her she said that she would come to our home and like yeah be support like for as long as I needed her. So it was interesting that she decided to go home, which was Port Washington, which was like an hour away. <laughs> Instead of like offering to That's like crazy. come to our home. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, anyways, so she left. And at this point it is like 1230, almost one. And... I felt like, because we had been walking around the hospital, like, doing laps while we were waiting. I felt like things had, like, progressed a little bit more. So I had them check me again. And I was at, I think, like, a, like at a three and a half or a four. So in this in the space of an hour, I had dilated, like, one to two centimeters. So I... Oh, wow. We ended up staying. They were like, well, you can stay or you can go home. And at that point my contractions were like so painful I didn't want to get back in the car so mm-hmm. he Ryan texted our doula and was like so we decided to stay because she you know dilated further and we don't want to go anywhere he's like and then he said in another text like could you come back to the hospital and she never responded <laughs> She never responded. So he spent like the next like two hours trying to get a hold of her and she didn't answer Mm -hmm. once. So like on top of like taking care of me and like me wanting that support person to be there because I hired her for a reason. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we were so worried about that and not being able to get a hold of her like we thought maybe she had gotten in a car accident or something because she wasn't responding. Like, what else are you supposed to think? Like, when you had just seen the person and then they yeah. said they were going to go home and then, you know, they would, like, reach out to you at, like, 2 in the morning to see how it was going and then you just don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I guess my one thing that I could say about this is when you hire a doula, any of our listeners... When you hire a doula, make sure they are legit and trustworthy because we hired her through the Wisconsin doula registry, which is like four licensed doulas. And she was still a scam. <laughs> Did you have to oh, sign, yeah, a we signed a contract? And I, I had the contract and I went back through it after we got home. And in her verbiage in there, it says that you are allowed a complete refund if she is not there for the birth. So I spent 
a good month trying to get a hold of her to get that money back. And then it's to the point where I would have had to file with small claims against her, which costs Mm -hmm. like $200 to do. And then you might not even get your money back. Like even if you file it through small claims, she might not, they might not pay you back. You know what I mean? So I, I ended up just yeah. not doing it. It's like, it's not, it's not worth it. Like it is worth it to like have her, her name, like put, put out there in the small claims court, but I don't know. We're not made of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So we got admitted to the hospital. It was like one o'clock in the morning when we got to our room um thankfully the nurses that I had um one of them was basically she was a trained midwife who decided I don't I don't know her whole story but she was she was a legit trained midwife that became a nurse in the maternity ward okay so she actually stayed in the room with me the entire time. She never left the room for anything. And she was like, cause she, cause when oh. you told her that I was supposed to have a doula and that she like was a no show, she like got angry for me and was like, well, I'm going to stay here with you. <laughs> so I'm like 1 million percent so grateful for that nurse and everything that she did for me because it was, that was, yeah. it was tough. Because I was in labor from 11 o'clock at night until uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> the next day. Gosh. You're definitely <laughs> strong. I was in free too, by the way. <laughs> that's um, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was really, it was intense. I had, I had really bad back labor because of the way he was facing and um there was a lot of like my water bag never popped on its own so I got to like seven centimeters and I stalled out and I was stalled for Mm. almost three hours because the doctor didn't want to rupture my bag of water like they and like unless I like they absolutely had to, which was very frustrating for me because if they had popped my bag of water, um, like when they noticed that I wasn't progressing anymore, it could have saved me those three hours. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was awful. They they finally came in the room and did it, which was painful. They're like, you won't feel anything, but I felt the whole, I felt all of it. It was bad. They stick like <sighs> it looks like a crochet hook. They take it lo- like legit. It's oh. a crochet hook. They stick a crochet hook up there <laughs> and pull on the big water. Oh my gosh. So what happened was he had water in between his head and my cervix, so his head wasn't pressing on my cervix to dilate me. So it was legit just, like, nothing was happening. So I was having all these super intense contractions every, like, 30 seconds. It was intense, and nothing was happening. So (laughs) they packed my bags of water, and then um, 
I have to like kind of think about this, like what happened. Contractions got way worse. <laughs> which, which at that point, I didn't yeah, think I that was possible, but it was. <laughs> um, it actually, it was so exhausting for me that I would sleep in between, like I was sleeping in between contractions. Like I would wake up, I would wake up screaming and, how- and then fall back asleep. Because I was so tired. How close were they together? <sighs> At least they were probably a minute apart or less. Yeah. I mean, and I had oh, been wow. in the bathtub for a while at one point. Like, I did. I was up and moving around for, for a lot of it. But, like, at that point, I think I was, like, sitting in the bed for a lot of it. And that was also because um, the hospital I went to, they don't want you to leave the bed. <laughs> so I was, I feel, I felt oh, yeah. the, um, they, they basically like, they forced me to be in the bed essentially, <laughs> which was, no, oh, it's not. Which is not fair. Um, yeah. And then, uh, they also wouldn't let me labor in any position. Like, they wouldn't let me push in any position other than on my back, which is what I didn't want. <laughs> I told them I wanted to yeah. push in a different position, and they told me no. <laughs> which, you know, <sighs> they're perfectly capable of catching a baby in in any position, but they wanted the easy route and told me to stay on my back. Yeah. Um. I gotta think about this for a second. I stalled out again at like nine and a half centimeters. And that was at like noon. (laughs) And at this point, he was in distress. Like every time I had a contraction, his heart rate would drop. And um, they ended up calling the doctor in, who wasn't my doctor. It was the the doctor that was on call. Um, she came in the room and ended up stretching me to attend. Because I, I was, like, begging at that point. I was like, please make this, like, just do something. <laughs> um, yeah. So she stretched me to a 10 and then told me I could start pushing. And I was pushing for almost three hours because he got stuck in my pelvis because they wouldn't let me lay. They wouldn't Ugh. let me push any position of in my back. So I was fighting gravity. Yeah. And um, I don't want to get into too much detail because... <laughs> That was probably the most awful experience of my life was this doctor. I mean, I can. I'll say TMI. If you want to skip this part, you can. (laughs) (laughs) But while I was pushing, this on-call doctor decided to put her finger in there. And (sighs) I don't know if she thought it was, like, helping me, like, know how to push, which was not an issue because I was pushing correctly mm-hmm. but she stuck her finger and they were like oh you can push 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 my finger out and then she'd like make me push and 
she did that so many times that I was like swollen from her doing that to me. So like on top of like him being stuck, I was also like sore from her doing that to me, like sore and swollen. She's like, yeah, you look like it looks a little irritated. Like I'm not going to put my finger in there anymore. It's like, maybe you shouldn't have done that in the first place. (laughs) And so I felt so frustrating. Like, I don't even know what the correct word would be other than like, I felt abused by them. Like, they wouldn't let me leave the yeah. bed. They wouldn't let me push in the position I wanted. They basically went against everything, all of my wishes, apart from that I didn't want any pain medication. So, <laughs> they yeah. So, she That's stopped horrible. doing that, finally. And um, they gave me... I can't remember what it's called, but they put, like, these bars down, like, on the bed. Like there's a bar that goes above the bed and then they they tied like a rope to it so you could like hold onto the rope while you're pushing. And I was they told me that mm-hmm. either I could I needed to push him out because he was in distress or they would have to do an emergency C section. It was at that point. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh hell no, you are not doing a C section. <laughs> and Within, like, 10 minutes of them saying that to me, I managed to get him out. But he he was legit stuck in my pelvis. They ended up um, doing an episiotomy, which I didn't want. <laughs> and, yeah. and I also, on top of my secondary degree tear that was natural, they gave me an episiotomy. So I was a hot <sighs> mess, to say the least. Um he came out blue. He wasn't crying. Um, he also, when he came out, he pooped. So there, I kind of like got a glimpse of that. Like as he came out, I saw something like falling. I was like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was his poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm here. <laughs> I wanted the delayed cord clamping as well, and I didn't get it because he was in distress and he came out blue. So they, they cut his cord immediately and I didn't, they didn't put him on my chest. They took him over to like clear his airways and stuff. So me with my PTSD and trauma, I like had a panic attack because I wanted my baby. I wanted to Mm -hmm. see him. I wanted to like know that he was here. You know what I mean? So I'm laying there and they're trying to like stitch me up because I did start, I started hemorrhaging, but they were able to stop it like right away, which is good. That's (laughs) good. I fortunately didn't, didn't lose a ton of blood. I, I, they caught it pretty quick. Um, they started stitching me up, which I couldn't even feel. I was so, I was so numb. I didn't feel any of it. Um, Mm -hmm. he, he started crying I remember him crying, but I was in such a panic that my brain, like, couldn't register that he was crying. So I was laying in the bed with them stitching me up, asking if he was alive. (laughs) Like, I (sighs) needed to know that he was okay. And, like, Ryan was, Ryan was sitting there next to me, like, he's okay. Like, I can see him, he's okay. Like, he, I think he said it, like, 80 times. Like, it was... Yeah. I don't know. I it didn't 
register until they actually put him on me and I saw him that like he was okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm grateful for him. <laughs> and I I would never it, not not just based on this experience, but everything that we've gone through as a whole, I would never do this again. <laughs> And I 100% <laughs> respect that. Just yeah. just your birth story alone, like the how like horrible they were awful. during your birth. It, the whole thing was awful. Just would would make me yeah. feel the same and then way. people are like, "Oh, you'll forget all about it, and it it won't it won't matter anymore, and you'll want another one." And it's like it's not like that for me. <laughs> We went through yeah. a lot to get him. A lot. Um, yeah, so my recovery was really rough. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even know how many stitches I had because they wouldn't tell me. Because I, I asked them, I was like, how many stitches did I have? And they're like, well, we don't count that. I'm like, you counted it, you just won't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> come on now yeah. but I know that I had a secondary tear and episiotomy and I also had a couple internal stitches probably from where he was stuck um, yeah. so I also went home with a donut <laughs> yeah oh man my that best friend was, like the greatest <laughs> thing in the entire world <laughs> you know, like sit on that yeah. um, it was a struggle for like probably four and a half weeks for me to like move around it was really hard um and also like looking back I I now know that my I had like my pelvis was off from every from the trauma so I did eventually start going to a chiropractor and everything with that like started getting better at that point but when he was stuck because he was putting a lot of pressure on my back, he actually pushed one of, um, he pushed part of my lower spine out and over. So part of my spine was actually like, not like disconnected, but it was severely off. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I had, awful back pain for about three and a half months after I had him (laughs) and like I'm so glad that I started going to the chiropractor and that he they were able to help me because I didn't realize how debilitating the back pain was until it started getting better (laughs) Because I have a way of just, yeah. like, ignoring things like that. I just, like, put it off. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then when it started getting better, I was like, oh, that actually was bad. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah. And I ended up doing pelvic floor therapy because I lost a lot of control with things like that. <laughs> like, being able to hold things oh, yeah. in and... <laughs> just yeah it was it was a hot mess and now like 
now that you know we're a year out from everything I'm finally feeling a little bit more like myself but I also was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with Graves disease postpartum so I had you know massive hair loss and a lot of like memory issues but that's all getting better now so I don't know it's crazy it's wild having a kid is so difficult and hard on your body and they don't tell you that like when you go into it they're like oh yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's all like sunshine and happy faces (laughs) for the whole thing and some of it is but a lot of it's like really hard on you yeah especially if you know like the way you said your labor was just already going to be traumatic and then i just with everything the way they treated you just made it even worse like yeah yeah, i just can't imagine i wish that i had gone to um a birthing center because one of the other doulas that i interviewed initially was through a birthing center which is where we would have gone for everything but Mm -hmm because of our loss and how Luca has that same micro deletion, but is okay. I was so terrified of something going wrong that we decided to go to a hospital instead. And I wish I had just gone with my instincts and just done the birthing center because I feel like it would have been, yeah, a much less traumatic experience. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I... Yeah, I... Yeah, it might yeah. have been a lot less traumatic. It's wild. And I have my grievances with Birdling Center's now but definitely just for like hearing all the things the hospital did i just can't imagine yeah and like the main reason that we went to the hospital we went to was because they have like an insanely well-equipped neonatal like NICU unit and i was like well let's go here because they have all these things for babies for if things go wrong because i was like i can't lose this baby mm-hmm. which is dark but it's the truth <laughs> yeah and i wasn't really like thinking about myself and i was more concerned about like him so looking back i wish i had been a little bit more concerned for my well-being in the whole situation If you, I'm going to ask, and you don't have to answer, but if you don't mind me asking, how far apart were so, they? So, we got pregnant with Connor. Um, in November of 2017. And we lost okay. him at 20 weeks in March of 2018. And it's wild looking back I just want to add 
because we lost him in March and then had Luca in March that I don't really think that's a coincidence. <laughs> I feel like no, definitely not. Maybe he was watching out for us, but I don't want to get into that because I'll just get sad. But um, so we lost Connie yeah. in March of 2018, and then we got pregnant with Luca in June of 2018. Um. Yeah. And did you know right away when you got pregnant with him? Kinda. Why did it take a little bit? And it was. Yeah. It wasn't. And what's sad is his his pregnancy wasn't a celebration. (laughs) It was like it was like a hesitant. Let's do this. (laughs) Um. There was a lot. Yeah. We were in ultrasounds once every two weeks. We were in there every other week for a while. We had a neonatologist that we went and saw for pretty much the entire pregnancy. I don't think he said goodbye to us until I was 36 weeks. Yeah. So he oh, wow. he stuck with us through the entire thing. And he was actually the doctor that gave us the bad news with Connor. And he, when Mm -hmm. we got pregnant again, we went back to him for all of our ultrasounds for Luca. Um, Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And we did a CVS, which was painful and terrifying and, gave us all that bad news that we didn't want but we decided to continue the pregnancy anyways because he on every ultrasound we'd had looked normal so we took a gamble and I'm glad we did (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's cute (laughs) he's cute we got really we got extraordinarily lucky chunker and yeah. I, there's people in, in my husband's side of the family that are, like, after we had him, we're like, oh, you'll, you'll have another. You have to have two. If there's anything that people should learn, even if it's, like, in school, <laughs> is how to treat people, just women in general. Like, don't ever assume that it's someone's first child or that they want another or that they should have another child. Or even, why haven't you had one yet? None of those questions or assumptions are okay. (laughs) I agree. I had that. My grandma is a little topic, but I think it kind of fits with that, that my, I had a family member who lost a baby and I don't know, I don't, I'm not close to her. So I don't know what happened. Like, it's not, you know, no idea what happened. Um, 
but I know it was really traumatizing yeah. for them, like any loss would be. And my grandma, you know, she's 80, almost 85, 86. I don't know. She's in her <laughs> 80s. She won't tell me how old she is. She's old. Um, and she's okay with me saying that. But she, you know, we were celebrating Mother's Day, and she's sent her a text and was like, oh, you know, it's going to be your first Mother's Day, you know, coming up next year because her kid wasn't going to be born yet. And she responded really nicely. And she's like, you know, this is, I've already mm-hmm. been a mom, you know, like it just didn't, didn't happen the way it did. And, you know, I'm close with her. So she reached out and asked, she's like, before I respond to apologize, like, how do I, how do I handle this? And explain to her and but I think it's hard too, like if you've never experienced that. Right. And I I definitely So I definitely I, I think don't it want needs to be taught. People to you know I don't I don't want you to feel sorry for me or you know, or even for for other people to try to imagine what that loss is like because you don't want to know. <laughs> you really, yeah. you really just don't want to know what it's like. And there's a lot of things that should have happened with my OB that that didn't happen. Like she should have done early ultrasounds for me when I asked for them, because deep down I knew that something was very wrong. And I asked for ultrasounds and she didn't want to give them to me. So that's why we found out so late that something was wrong. I don't know. It's just, just be, just be respectful to, to to women in general. Don't go around asking people when they're going to have a kid or, or when they're going to have another or that, that, that question where someone asks, is this your, is it your first kid? Like I usually just answer. Yeah. He's my first <laughs> because I don't want to be like, well, he's my second child, yeah. but the first one didn't live. <laughs> like, he passed away. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. You know what I mean? But yeah. also, like, part of me wants to be so that the person asking the question never asks another woman, like, is this your first kid? Because it's not an okay question in my books. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting ride. I never, I never pictured things going the way they did. Cause I, I remember when I, when I met my husband, I was like, let's get married and have a kid by like 24. <laughs> Cause we got married <laughs> in 24 or I was 24. He was 25, yeah. but I wanted kids right away. And then we decided to wait and I'm, I'm glad we did just because I think at that age, I wouldn't have handled it at all like mm-hmm. I, I'm I don't even know how I handled it now <laughs> and like being that age around that age like 
being like very like knowing yeah. myself so well that yeah like if that happened to me that would be just like just knowing myself enough to know that would just like would ruin it for me yeah. like I wouldn't I be able to ever try again I I was speaking so. with a friend at one point <laughs> while I was pregnant with Luca and I was like you know I feel so selfish for doing this because like for, for, for wanting to get pregnant again, because it was a genetic issue and I was the silent, I'm a silent carrier mm-hmm. and I knew it could happen again. And it was, I, I felt so selfish for like wanting to try again and like potentially inflicting issues on a baby like being aware of what what could happen and doing it anyways. So there's yeah. a part of me that's like, you know, I'm gonna blame myself if something ends up being wrong. And like, I don't know how we'll ever how we'll explain to him when he's older. Like, how do you tell someone that when they want to have kids that they'll have to, you know, do genetic screening and potentially have to do IVF because there could be serious implications. You know what I mean? So that's something that we'll have to do later on down the road when, when he's old enough to understand that I'm not sure how we'll have that conversation. But right now we're just enjoying things and Hoping for the best (laughs) that he doesn't, you know, that if he does have issues, that it's something that we can get in help for easily. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're like like extra annoyed. (laughs) Like part of me regrets getting the CVS done and knowing, like, I wish we had just... Mm-hmm. left it alone <laughs> but I have this nasty habit of needing to know everything and, and needing to be able to plan for every possibility it's just my personality and yeah and is the CVS the one that they give to is that the no. one they offer to all so moms or is that a the, specialty test there's just a typical blood work one where they draw your blood and then there's the um amniocentesis which is where they take Mm -hmm. a sample of your amniotic fluid um what i had done is like the next step up and it's called a cvs or i can't hold on i gotta look up the what it stands for because i can't remember (laughs) the terminology at the moment give me just a second It is. It is called the chorionic villus sampling, or CVS, and that is where they actually take a mm-hmm. sample of the placenta and t- send it in for genetic testing because the amniotic fluid isn't a hundred percent accurate, and the CVS isn't mm-hmm. necessarily accurate either because there can be. Um, duplicates of 
genetic um like it can make it look like there's duplicates when there isn't so okay we ended up doing that because I wanted to know if they were going to be like complications because basically it was me trying to prevent myself from going through all of that trauma again <laughs> that's what it was it was mm-hmm. me I should have gone to therapy but didn't and that's how I was coping was by just having this urge to yeah. have to like need to know everything <laughs> man there's there was so many there's it's very heavy all everything that our journey, everything mm-hmm. we have gone through is very dark and heavy and have you guys thought about this no, is another like, kind of intrusive question. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to answer, but like have you thought about going to a therapist, either together or separate, just um, to work through it in the future? I brought it up at one point. Because this did affect our relationship and it did affect how we, mm-hmm. I mean, in a way it brought us closer, but it did affect some things between us. Um, yeah. He didn't want to go. <laughs> I wanted to go and he didn't. Um Maybe at some point I could, I should probably just go for myself. (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like I cope with it okay. Like I'm okay. I'm okay. I can Mm -hmm. talk about him and lead a fairly normal, okay life, except for like in March when I just really struggle (laughs) but I mean like having Luca to like celebrate because it's his birthday in March it helped a lot Mm -hmm. this year I think last year was really really hard but I don't know it doesn't necessarily get easier (laughs) just kind of yeah it's always there (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're we're okay. I don't want to make it sound like we didn't go to therapy and we have all these issues. We, <laughs> we... oh no, you're not. <laughs> we... No, you're definitely not making it we... seem that way. You guys are knowing yeah, from just we... seeing you guys. You guys, are yeah, like, we handle it very well. I mean, I made him aware that I that I kind of wanted to go to therapy and. I gave him the reasons why, and I, I think because I gave him the reasons why, we were actually kind of able to work through our issues on our own, because if there's one thing that we are good yeah. at, it is communicating. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So, And that helps a lot. I know, like... And it, I guess it's a personality thing, too. Like, I know me, personally, it's something that I really succeeded with, with my postpartum. 
like Jordan, if you ever had to go, if I ever brought up going to a therapist, you really? would absolutely say no. <laughs> so they're kind of, they're kind of, that's the just same not, space about you know, he them. just, yeah, that's just not, he wouldn't, either he wouldn't get any anything out of it or he just doesn't want to yeah. go there. I almost feel like when I said it to him, he got scared. And it wasn't at all my intention. Yeah. It was more like, I want to talk about our son. And, you know, he's a person. <laughs> and I think that's hard mm-hmm. for him because he never met him. You know what I mean? It's different yeah. when you carry that child and then lose them. Not that he wasn't sad because he was, but it's a different, yeah. it's different. It's just a different. And I think that's where we struggled because we both had yeah. two very different experiences where his was, we lost a baby, but now I need to take care of my wife because she's depressed and laying in bed all day and not eating because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's where I was for a while. And probably should have been on medication, but I was not. <laughs> so. Uh-oh. Did I lose you? <laughs> I can't hear you if you're there. <laughs> Sorry, my dog just like burped <laughs> and then hit the iPad and <laughs> things just like went crazy. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know why I burped in that, but. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's. Part of the story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a decent amount of it. I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of things that you know the process that we had to go through after we found out that he would not survive, and you know, like. Wisconsin state laws that are just absolutely awful and then the procedure that we that I had to have done and <sighs> there needs to be more respect for what women go through and this term that we use for it just abortion it it's not always mm-hmm. because the woman wants to get rid of the child <laughs> it's sometimes because they have to for mental well-being and also because if i had carried him full term he would not have lived and it wasn't yeah something that I wanted to do 
at all. It was heartbreaking. And we live in the state of Wisconsin. And when we discussed these things with the neonatologist, he said, you have to sign this paperwork. That's absolute bullshit. (laughs) This is what he said to me. They make you sign this paperwork that says that you're having an abortion and that you consent to having one. So I had to label the loss of my child as an abortion. That's horrible. (laughs) Because of the state we live in. So, I don't know. If If there's anything that society could learn, it would be to just let just leave it alone <laughs> you don't have to put all these controls on on this this tool yeah for medical care um, oh, that's just it's, uh, I don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> at all. It was, it was an awful, awful thing. Well, I, you probably hate hearing it, but I'm going to say it because I know someone will yell at me for not saying it, but you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. <laughs> um, but I also know that's the last thing anyone ever wants to hear or they get sick of hearing it. So sorry I had to say it. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. I appreciate it. There's not a lot that you can say, which is why I don't generally go that deep with it. (laughs) It's like, I don't want other people to be sad for us. Like, I'd rather Mm -hmm. be like in the, be like in the present and not focus on like everything that we had to go through I'd rather just be like yeah we lost our our first baby and now he has a little brother yeah. I'm pretty sure that he sent him to us <laughs> and Luca's just so. wonderful <laughs> Freya thinks so I, we think so too <laughs> she gets all excited <laughs> Whenever you send videos or pictures and she like looks at him and just smiles and gets all like giddy. It's like, okay. I think, okay, Freya. That's Calm so down. Cute. It's okay. <laughs> she gets excited to see her friends. Aww. Well, now they're going to be more excited. Sad so they can hang out more. At least. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. He's know, changed I, so much. It's insane. I don't know if you guys are going through that yet, but or if you are, or what past it, but we're going through the stage where she's, like, really testing her boundaries with, like, how she handles our body parts. <laughs> so she, like... Oh, my gosh. Luca, Luca smacked me earlier today. Like, he smacked me in the eye. And I was like, like, uh-uh, you're not doing that. And I put him down because I was holding him. 
Like you're you don't hit me and I put him on the floor and he started he cried for like thirty seconds, like a temper tantrum. That's right. Yeah, we put her down, but instead of crying, she laughs. It's so bad. She doesn't And yeah, it's like with everything. She's like testing she'll pull my hair. I've lost so much hair the past few days. Or like we have a lot of issues. He's been doing that to me too. He'll like climb up on top of me and and pull my hair from behind. Like if I'm laying on the floor. That boundary stage. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, she but no, she's she thinks the word we don't use the known we don't use the word no a lot. We only use it if she's like really gonna hurt herself. We've had a few incidences lately where she climbs on the stairs like we have a gate, a mesh gate, and she climbs onto the first step with the mesh gate and then she swings. She like rocks back and forth and the hallways aren't big enough. Oh my it's gosh. an old house, the hallways aren't big enough. So if she hit her head, she'd break her head open like crack her head open. So we've been really strict and have like had said no That's and set like scary. strict boundaries. And she just thinks it's funny. And I'm just like you know, it's if you crack your head open, we go to the ER. That's not funny. Like not right now, at least. Like we're like extra strict. But... No. Luca did something earlier today. I can't remember what it was, but he like almost hurt himself, and I like I can't remember what exactly it was, but I stopped him. And he got really mad at me for it. And I was yeah. like, you have no idea that I'm just trying to keep you alive. <laughs> That's what I said to him. <laughs> like, I'm not, not trying to well, upset I don't you. Think I'm literally fear like, saving your life right now. <laughs> so, And I don't want to like put a bunch of fear on her because I want her to be brave. Right. But also, like, she just started walking. And so she thinks it's funny to like take five, six steps and then she falls on her face. And... You know, our house isn't large, so there's not huge open spaces where she can just, like, walk ridiculously far without, like, hitting a wall. So now it's, like, yeah, it, like a whole new can of worms have opened because she doesn't know how to stop. So now we're chasing her oh, to, like, no. catch her head when she <laughs> decides to topple over because she's lazy and just will fall over. <laughs> so... I mean, I'm ex- I'm really proud of her. I'm excited that she finally like figured out that it's okay to like stick t- those steps on her own. But also, like now I know why mm-hmm. so many people have said like, "Oh, just like let her take her time. Like, don't don't rush it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're getting to that that point where he's really close to walking he's mm-hmm. like walking along furniture and um like climbing up on everything and yeah he wants to be standing all the time and it's it's so crazy to watch cuz like just it's like you wait he woke <laughs> up one day and was on a mission <laughs> so it's it's just wild watching watching them grow up 
And now he like <laughs> he like laughs favorite. at himself. Like he'll do something and he'll laugh. Like, he'll make himself, and it's so cute. <laughs> He, it's like he's making like, like he's telling a joke to himself and he's and just he, laughing about it it's, i mean Frey has a cute the laugh, greatest thing but ever. i've always remembered luca and like i still remember him but i haven't seen him in a long time but when he was like really little <laughs> and distant memory when he was really little he'd giggle and he had the cutest little like hee hee giggle just, <laughs> oh good he still has it yeah that's what he does he does a little hit <laughs> Yeah, that's what he, he does. Like the one, if you if you you can really get him going, but a lot of the time, <laughs> if you make him laugh, that's it's awesome. just the one. <laughs> it's so silly. He's always been like that. And they're just, I know. And Freya's likes the mirror. She sits. We have one in her room, and she'll like play hide and she like play peekaboo with herself and like. <laughs> She'll kiss the mirror, and I'm, I watch her do it. And before, she had no interest in the mirror, and I don't know if it's developmental or if it's like she misses the babies she saw before. Because we we were so social, like, and we, I'd force her, and like we'd go places to see other kids because she's not in daycare. So I thought that was so important. Mm-hmm. And so now I just like either she really is obsessed with herself mm-hmm. and like developmentally is figuring out that she sees herself in a mirror or, like, sees another baby in a mirror. Or she just, like, really misses kids. Because she just will sit there and just stare at herself and, like... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Luca's obsessed with blaming on himself. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So, like, any time, like, we were looking out the window... Maybe it was yesterday we were on the window and he saw his reflection in the window and he was waving. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I thought he was waving at the dog. So the dog was outside. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, this is all over. They'll have to get together and play. Yeah, for sure to hurry up and be over. I, I think they're, that, they're starting to like lift some restrictions now. I'm really thankful. <sighs> oh yeah, I mean we're gonna be really yeah, hesitant. I'm also on nervous. We do but... we the house just start out. Yeah. I just. I know it's so important, but I'm also just like so. <laughs> I'm just just like everyone else. Like we know it's important. We're just yeah, so fed up yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. I'm when I'm one million percent over not being yes. able to socialize. I miss going to breakfast. <laughs> I know that sounds like so shallow. Like yeah. I miss going to breakfast with like my friends and socializing and being around so like people. And I know other than my husband and my son. Because they're cool. They're cool, but, like... I know Jordan feels the same way. People. I know I want to slightly... We've <laughs> just been... Because he's home all the time. He works from home. So I noticed that he sits on the couch at night, and I sit in the bedroom, and we just, like, avoid each other. <laughs> he, like, 
like I'll sit on the phone with his best friend for hours and they just talk about nothing and you know I have a friend who lives in Florida so I call her a lot or I play Animal Crossing and we just like avoid each other like you know we love each other we want to talk but we also run out of things to say halfway through the day that we're just like it's time to just leave each other alone yeah well yeah I mean everybody needs their their breaks from each other it's actually like really crucial to a stable yeah, I agree. relationship in my opinion it's like you need to have time yeah, away funny, from each other we used to have that when he'd work so important you know and he was he took a huge break when Freya was born from playing video games and now that like quarantine started he's back playing which mm-hmm. I'm I have nothing against like it makes him very happy and calm and like you know keeps him connected with his friend because they're haven't seen each other but i'm just like what <laughs> i got animal crossing <laughs> yeah hey ryan loves playing his video games too I just, so i feel you on that one i liked i like certain video games and he makes fun of me for like i like sims and like animal crossing <laughs> like the calm ones where you just Yes. Get supplies. Stardew yeah. Valley was the something I games. played for a really long time before Animal Crossing came out. And <laughs> you're a farmer. It's fun. <laughs> I, I've never played that game. I feel it's like, like I Animal Crossing. A lot about just a it, little bit. Never played it more. You're like a farmer. So you get to have animals, and you get to get married in the game. <laughs> if you want I never did really but Jordan got married he married the only <laughs> character that was like somewhat close to me <laughs> oh my gosh that's silly yeah. there's nothing wrong with video games they're a good escape keeps them busy <laughs> yeah I think I get a lot of alone time just because of Ryan's yeah, job that'd be and hard. he's like never here when I'm here. <laughs> so when he when he does have off of work or like he is home while I'm home, <laughs> it's like oh hey we get to hang out with each other. That should be <laughs> a good thing to have that time. Yeah. But I think that's also why I'm struggling so hard now is because, like, if Ryan yeah. was at work, I was out doing stuff with people. And now I can't go hang out with Yeah, it was, I had to explain that to someone. <laughs> I'm alone I had a, a friend. <laughs> well, I guess we're still friends. But, like, we're not, we don't have anything in common anymore because, like, when you have kids, like, relationships kind of change. And, I love her to death, but I also just mm-hmm. drives me nuts because she doesn't have any kids and she isn't anywhere close in her life to want to have a kid or emotionally able to have a kid. Like, she's just not there um, maturity-wise. Like, it's just not going to happen for her for a while. For sure. And I was talking to her and she's like, well, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you stay at home, so this shouldn't be that hard for you. And I was like, yeah, but like we went somewhere every day like we always were doing something like I was I was very strict like every morning we had an activity planned outside of the house because I just didn't want to 
get in a a slump, you know, like I treated it like a job, <laughs> you know, like taking care of her during the day was a job and we had a schedule and we'd go to classes and we, you know, in the afternoon we'd have time yeah. at home, but we'd like walk. And so it's like all those morning activities where I saw adults are gone and it, it was like mm-hmm. the safe time where you see adults where they're all stay at home moms. So they're all like socially awkward because they don't talk to people, you know, like it was safe. And now that's gone until, mm-hmm. and I don't think they'll start up for a lot, like a while. So. Yeah. The paranoia. Yeah. And a lot of them after all I take of breaks in the summer over. because they're either run. Uh-oh. I think I lost you again, Allison. Hello? Hello? Allison? Allison? 